Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. In this episode, you're going to hear from Ariel Nissenblatt, founder of the Earbuds Collective, and how she monetized two podcasts and her newsletter, and even monetized one of those shows before it was even launched. It's fun to start them. Currently, I am putting out Feedback with Earbuds every Tuesday. That's a podcast recommendation podcast that goes along with my newsletter, which is called Earbuds Podcast Collective. Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast, co-hosted by Tim Vegas. If that sounds good, then let's dive in. Welcome to How to Get Your First 100,000 Podcast Listeners, where we talk about the very granular how-to tactics, as well as the big picture thinking you need to grow and multiply your listener base. My name is Luis Diaz. Let's dive in. So Ariel, um, I want to jump into right into the meat of this. Um, For those uh, who are wondering, you know, for you, how many podcasts do you have? And then are they monetized? And then we can go into kind of how you went about that. Currently in production, two. In the past, I've had many more. And in the future, I will also (laughs) probably have many more. It's fun to start them. Currently, I am putting out feedback with earbuds every Tuesday. That's a podcast recommendation podcast. That goes along with my newsletter, which is called Earbuds Podcast Collective. And then every-ish Tuesday, I put out Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast co-hosted by Tim Vegas. And I say ish for that one because we're currently between seasons and we're putting out bonus content, but that's not weekly. So I would say it's, uh, you know, last month we put out four bonus episodes. This month we'll put out one bonus episode and then next month we will start up season two of the show. They are both monetized. They are both making money and I believe they are both in the green, which is great cool. news. And It's a lot of fun to come up with a podcast monetization strategy. For me, it kind of follows the pattern that I follow, which is that I'm a portfolio entrepreneur. Somebody called me that a few months ago and I've stuck to it, meaning I have a number of things that all contribute to this general idea that I am a person who loves podcasts and you can pay me to help you make a better podcast. Uh, And my podcasts, you know, while they're not all, you know, I can't live off of the income of my podcasts, it is definitely offsetting the cost of production and, um, you know, getting the cover art designed and things like that. So would you like me to go into how I monetize both of them? 
Exactly. You Let's do, do it. my first question. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So with feedback with earbuds, my newsletter that goes along with that is Earbuds Podcast Collective. Started that newsletter in 2017 as a way of finding new podcasts to listen to. It was really a personal mission. It was, I know that there are so many podcasts out there and I feel like I'm missing out on them because <laughs> right. I just am not aware of them. So let me start this newsletter where each week is curated by a different person and anyone can curate a list. And when you curate a list, you can select one of your own episodes as part of that theme. And the four other episodes should be other ones that fit your theme, but that are not yours and that you're not affiliated with. And the idea behind that was let's all listen to each other's favorite podcasts, but let's also highlight some creators. Let's highlight some curators. And let's also get me a job in the podcast space because this right. was 2017 and I really wanted to work in podcasting. And I didn't have any experience in radio or in booking. I was 24 and I really didn't have much experience doing anything. So I started this newsletter as a way of getting people to talk to me, <laughs> making people need to come to me to pitch their podcasts. And I would reach out to them and say, can we jump on the phone so I can learn about the way that you got into the podcast space and maybe there's ways for us to work together. And it was just building up connections that way. So that newsletter, when I started it, was definitely not monetized. It was also very not aesthetically pleasing. I was sending it out on Gmail and it was not cute at all, but it got the job done. Eventually, I learned MailChimp and now it's been on MailChimp for six plus years. Eventually, I will probably move off because it's getting very expensive. But the newsletter I monetized, I want to say within a year, I had people asking me if they could buy ads on the newsletter. And then in 2019, so about two years after the newsletter started, I was like, you know, I should probably walk the walk when it comes to making a podcast. Because at that point, I've been <laughs> working as a studio booker. I, I managed a studio in Los Angeles, a podcast studio. Um, I was advising people on monetization strategies for their podcasts, advising people on ideation and development for their shows. And I was like, you know what? I should probably have the experience of editing, uploading, you know, doing the whole RSS right. bit for my show, for, for a right. show of my own. So started a podcast to go along with the newsletter. And looped in advertising incentives for folks who wanted to advertise on my newsletter. I upped the price a little bit so that it made sense for me to also advertise on the podcast. Uh, and so now when I have a title sponsor for my newsletter, meaning subject line also has the name of the title sponsor, I also give them a 30-second ad read at the front of my podcast. If I have a newsletter sponsor, they get a 60-second ad roll at the front, 30-second ad roll at the middle. And then if they're a classified sponsor, I talk about them in, our, in my podcast tidbits section. Okay. A lot of people ask me, you know, how's the podcast doing? How's Feedback with Earbuds doing? And my answer is I, I don't really care that much because my number one thing there is actually the newsletter. People ask me all the time, like, do you want to grow the podcast? And the answer is, you know, sure, if it happens, great. But mostly I care about the newsletter right. in this case. I really, really love the newsletter. And this is first and foremost a newsletter with an audio component. So the advertising that I offer on the podcast is really just a value add to the people who buy ads in the newsletter. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Okay, cool. I actually have a client who does that um, too. And they do really well. It's like nice. the podcast is a add-on, but the big thing they're buying is the newsletter because it's just the thing that people can click on. It's much easier yeah. to get people back to your website from that. All right, cool. So many questions. So two podcasts, both monetized, both through sponsors. How big is the... You've grew it since 2017. Where are you at right now in terms of subscribers on, on Earbuds Collective? 6,000 subscribers to the newsletter, about 1,000 downloads 
per month on the podcast after 30 days. And, you know, a lot of impressions on the website, especially when we have a blog post that blows up um, and about 7,000 followers on Twitter slash X. A couple thousand followers on Instagram, though I really, again, do not place much um, time there. I I repost things that are that I get tagged in, but I'm not really making bespoke content there. Uh, about a thousand followers on TikTok. Again, not really doing anything with that, but every once in a while, if the spirit moves me, I'll post something. But yeah, for the most part, very focused on the newsletter. I really believe that newsletters are a great way to deliver podcast recommendations. And my goal with the newsletter is manyfold, but top of mind is growing the podcast space and exposing people to what could be their next favorite podcast. Love it. Okay, cool. So started in this space, just the newsletter, bolted on the podcast, and then you have built another podcast. Yes. For you, the audience isn't massive, but you've been able to monetize. When you're going out, like, so how did the sponsors come about? People started asking you, like, hey, I'm looking to, like, can I advertise on your show? Did you do any outbound to find the sponsors, or is it uh-huh. always kind of more inbound traffic? I am an outbound girly. Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny. When I started the podcast recommendation newsletter, I did not know how to monetize at all. So I reached out to a bunch of friends who I knew had newsletters and I said, how do I monetize? And they said, you know, make yourself a deck, um, charge X number of dollars per, you know, number of characters that you're going to put. If you had an image, that could be a little bit more. So I did end up in like 20, 2018, I want to say, I sent an email to a bunch of advertisers that I saw that were advertising on other podcast newsletters. And I said, hi, I noticed that you, you advertise on other podcast newsletters. Would you consider taking a chance on me? <laughs> and I, right. I said, this is how much I charge. This is what I can give you. I also have this podcast, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that so I did outbound for my first go around in 2018 for the newsletter. And I have not done any outbound marketing for advertising for the newsletter since then. Everything else is inbound, which is really great. It has been pretty steady and consistent. And I now work with a marketplace where I set up a storefront. It's called Passion Fruit. And I have all of my ads listed there. So if somebody, if an advertiser wants to advertise on a newsletter about podcasts, they'll go to Passion Fruit and they'll type in podcast. My newsletter will pop up. All my ad options will pop up and they'll be able to buy right there. So they can go to my website and I have a rate sheet available. But I also have this passion fruit storefront so that people can click a button and buy very easily. It gets me all the assets that I need. And then I go from there. I really like that because I don't have to do so much back and forth on email. Yeah. Um, big time. Go ahead. I, I was just, I'm super curious about passion fruit. I've never yeah, heard of that. So that's like a marketplace for for newsletters. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of different newsletters are represented there. But they reached out to me, actually, and they were like, do you want to try this out? I know you have a rate sheet on your website, but we could essentially replace your rate sheet. And I was like, lovely, let's do it. Because right now, the back and forth, or before that, the back and forth was like, hi, Ariel, I'd like to buy an ad. I was like, great, what are you interested in? They were like, um, I don't know, here's how much money I have. What can I get? And I was like, okay, well, here's what you can do. And then like 15 emails back and forth to get all the assets and the invoice numbers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So this just makes it a lot easier. I am not sponsored by Passion Fruit. This is just a genuine endorsement for them. Um, so that's how I initially started getting ads was outbound marketing for the newsletter, but then no more outbound since then, which has been great for trailer park, the podcast trailer podcast, different story. We, Tim and I, my co-host started the show in February, but we'd been working together on it since December of 2022. And when we started ramping up production, I definitely wanted to make some money to offset the cost of 
uh, production, you know, all the things that go along with that. But I also really wanted to, because it's a podcast about podcasts, I wanted to offer resources that would be helpful for listeners. And because those listeners are often creators themselves or hardcore podcast listeners, there are definitely some product services brands that I love that I knew I would be talking about anyway. So might as well get some money for that. So I made a list of brands that I knew that I would be using or that I have used or that I could be using. And I reached out to them and I I think I got like an 85% response rate. And honestly, awesome. honestly, it could have been a higher response rate. It was like an 85% yes, we would like to sponsor you, right? Ended up working with Focusrite, which is um, a really great so- uh, software and hardware company mostly that's uh, well known for audio interfaces. And we worked with them to promote their new product, which is called the Vocaster, an audio interface made specifically for podcasters. They gave they not only paid us, but they also gave away one Vocaster per episode. So we had a oh, wow. we had a giveaway on every single episode of season one of the show. So we gave away Love eight it. Vocasters. It was really fun. Got to gamify it a little bit. You know, people would listen mm-hmm. and then go to the show notes, click on the thing, enter the contest. Then we got to give one away, and it was really fun because um, Dan Hughley, who works at Focusrite, got to email the person who won every time. And then I knew that that person was a listener and it was just a really exciting way to show off a product that I love. Right. So we worked with them. We worked with Capshow, which is an AI copywriter. So a lot of different things that we could do there, but we ended up um, you know, getting our show transcribed every week through Capshow. And then we had suggestions for blog posts and titles and things like that. So we loved working with them. Uh, we also worked with Recast Studio, which is an audiogram maker. And we used that to take our video and our audio and make social clips for it. And it was really fun, easy to use, uses AI, big fan of them. Um, We also worked with OSHA, which is a podcast hosting provider. They gave us free hosting. And also we shouted them out on every episode, really love working with them. They have some really interesting AI tools and they also publish directly to YouTube. So that was really, really helpful. Then we also worked with AugX Labs, which is um, a generative AI video creator. So we would upload our MP3 files or our WAV files, and it would generate videos using GIFs and other moving images to go along with our our voices. So it was just a really cool way to create YouTube content or even content for social media using AugX Labs. So those are five of the sponsors that we had for season one. And I reached out to Focusrite, OSHA recast studios i reached out to and i said hi would you be interested in sponsoring here's the deal here's how much i'm charging they said yes the other two came to me after the season had started and said we'd love to get in on this and i actually had a few more people come to me and say we'd love to get in on this and it just wasn't going to work out for season one but i know to (laughs) circle back to them for season two and a lot of people will say like yes i was able to get these sponsors before this show even had liftoff which is nuts because i did not have any downloads to tell them about to say like here's the value that I can promise you. I could not promise them any value. And I was just very straight up with them about that. And the reason they were willing to take a chance on me was because I am very active in the podcast space as somebody who is a lover of podcasters, podcast creators, podcast listeners, all all the elements that make up the great podcast ecosystem. So I'm proven, you know, so a lot of people Mm -hmm. will say, you know, not everybody's proven. And I say, guess what? It took me six years, seven years to prove myself. So, you know, not everybody starts out proven, but, you know, be yep. dedicated to the thing and then people will recognize that yeah it's definitely there's a credit to your previous work in with the newsletters and with your previous your other podcast right so they knew of you knew the work you did so yeah i was gonna ask you like what, what is the ramp up time so you're 
you're in December, you're building this podcast out and you shoot emails off to these subscribe to these sponsors or potential sponsors at that point. What, and three of them said yes, which is amazing. Um, was it solely the fact that they already knew you in the space? They, they knew you were a big person in this space and they're like, yeah, we're going to sponsor because we know she does good work. Were there any other factors or things that you think led to that besides like your credibility in, in the podcast space? People are, are advertisers who serve podcasters, digital content creators, creator economy folks are looking to get in front of audiences that are going to convert. And especially they're looking to get in front of audiences, audiences that are podcasters, you know, that that want to buy these products. And there's a lot of podcasts about podcasting. We're on one right now. Uh, I'll probably listen to three more today. <laughs> I'll probably pitch five more tomorrow yeah. on various things for the ramp up to season two of Trailer Park. But, <laughs> you know, it really is kind of influencer based because if people trust you, they, they're going to buy the product that that you're touting. You but, but even yeah. so, it's it's more so... If advertisers trust you, like does does Focusrite want to be associated with Ariel Nissenblatt? Yes. Okay. Great. Let's pay Ariel Nissenblatt to hawk our products, and hopefully she'll do it without hawking, but instead genuinely endorsing. And that is what I think I've done. And please check me on that. Go to Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast. You can listen to every episode. Of course, has a mention of the Vocaster from Focusrite, but we also did a one-on-one -on -one chat or a two-on-one. Tim and I interviewed um, Dan Hughley from Focusrite about what is an audio interface and. Yes, this is a sponsored chat, but it's also genuinely because it will make you sound great if you use an audio interface. That will make yes. your, you more trustworthy in the eyes of your listeners. So we chose the products, services, brands that we partnered with very, very carefully. And I think that that was clear when we sent out our pitches to these advertisers was that we were choosing one from each category. I was not choosing five audio interface makers. I was going to Dan specifically yeah. and I was saying, Dan, I love Focusrite. I want to promote the vocaster from focus right you know that we've met at conferences we've we've had drinks together um do you want to you know put some money where their mouth is do you do you want to do you want to genuinely um you know help support getting this podcast out into the world and it does not hurt that the branding of trailer park the podcast trailer podcast is gorgeous i worked with um kayo slicta who's a designer based in brazil who i also worked with on a prior um, podcast cover art. And it really, honestly, I cannot say strongly enough that it matters what your podcast looks yes. like, what your website looks like, and the perception that people have of you. Okay. This is, so I got a question on websites because I get this question a lot. Um, and it's so funny. You mentioned Deidre. I just finished doing a training with her group today, literally a couple hours ago. So that's awesome. So you've got this podcast. I like the way you, something you said there that was interesting. You went out, you looked at all the, the landscape, all the products you use, and you're probably going to talk about. And instead of picking their competitors, you went to different verticals. So you went to a software vertical where it's like they do AI generated show notes. You went to the one who does the augmented kind of reality, like the AI. Mm -hmm. um, generative, thing. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. generative video, right? So you, so that's a, that's a really interesting tip there that I think uh, I want to pull out for people. If you were doing it again, would you do anything different to monetize faster, more effectively? Is there anything you'd do differently if you started a podcast today and said had the same goal of, of getting it monetized? Yeah. So for season two of Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast, we are we're currently ramping up. So right now we actually hired somebody to go through all of the submissions because it's a podcast about podcast trailers and we have a submission form where you can submit 
your trailer to be considered for the next season or seasons in the future. We've gotten 250 people who have submitted. Awesome. <laughs> so that's a lot. So we, yeah. we hired somebody to help us with that because it's nuts. So obviously when I am thinking about who our sponsors will be, I want to offset the cost of hiring this person. So I'm definitely thinking about that. I love the idea of going after verticals. I do. I can no longer go after recast. I can no longer go after um, uh, Aug X Labs. So instead, I'm going to go towards different verticals, right? I'm going to probably be looking at things that are more video focused. Maybe there's like a YouTube helper, uh, YouTube analytics helper, like like TubeBuddy, things like that. I'm, I'm going to be looking at products that are maybe helping creators get paid, maybe looking at passion fruit, like I mentioned before, looking at products that I genuinely use that are not competitive to the other ones that I am endorsing in some way or that I am an ambassador for unofficially or officially. Um, and I'll be looking maybe towards other podcasts about podcasts to sponsor my show, um, other podcasts about the creator economy to sponsor my show. But I, I do I do think it's a worthwhile effort to draw yourself a map of the products that you use, figure out which verticals those all go into. Is it the pre-production, production, post-production, post marketing, social media, figure out who's doing what, who actually has money to spend in this day and yeah. age and how they're spending it elsewhere, and then go from there. I love it. And I've got some ideas for you as a software or services that could be sponsors. Um, Let's go. But I'll, yeah, one one that comes to mind is um, thoughtleader.io, which they recommend. They do a lot of outreach to podcasts for sponsorships. So you're kind of an intermediary between brands and sponsors or brands and podcasts or YouTube channels. So that's one that would be a likely potentially good sponsor for you. Um, I want to know though, from you, Ariel, what, so if someone, let's just say someone has a podcast that's coming up or they're coming up on a new season and they want to say, Hey, I want to do kind of what Ariel did. I want to go after different verticals. That would make sense. Is there any tools, templates, or things that you use to find sponsors outside of just like your knowledge of the marketplace or any other things that you use to do the outreach or to do the searching process that were yeah. helpful? I think a big part of this is being plugged into the industry that you're part of. So I scour all of the newsletters when they drop every week. So Pod News is a great newsletter and they have a classified section and people spend money in that classified section. So I am constantly taking note of who is spending money. And I'm doing that both in pod news and in inside podcasting and on Sounds Profitable and in various other newsletters that have classified sections or have advertisers. And I'm thinking, okay, these people spent money a lot last quarter, but they're not spending money this quarter. Probably not worth it to go after them. Or maybe it is worth it to go after them because maybe they tested with this market, but they haven't tested with me. They haven't tested with a woman. They haven't tested with somebody in the Northeast, whatever the situation may be. Maybe mm -hmm. I can convince them that it makes sense to spend money with me. It is sort of just being aware, having knowledge of the industry. But how do you get knowledge of the industry is by purposely plugging into the industry that you're a part of. So this is, of course, for me, it's the podcast space. But for somebody who is a business leader who builds websites, maybe it's Wix, maybe it's other newsletters, maybe it's a WordPress blog, whatever the situation may be. There are Word WordPress influencers, Wix influencers. You're probably going to be making an effort over the time that you're creating this podcast to be reaching out to the creators that you need to know and the products that you need to know. And really, I think it is underrated to get on the phone with somebody, even if it's for 15 minutes. Hey, can we jump on the phone? And I want to hear about what your goals are for this quarter. That's usually a good question to ask. Um, what are your business goals? And that does not have to sound like a sale. That does not have to sound like any sort of car salesman, you know, sketchy. Hello, I would like to figure out where you're spending. It's more like, you know, 
where were you last quarter? Where are you going this quarter? And how can I potentially help you get to where you're going? Here's the audience that I have to leverage. And let's see what might work out between us. I love that. So a couple of things um, come to mind. Number one, were you asked about like, so they already knew kind of who you were targeting and stuff. But one of the questions I've gotten asked from sponsors when we're going out and helping clients get sponsors or whatever, it's, you know, what are your demographics like? What are the audience looks like? I'm sure that's kind of hard to do if you don't have a podcast, you don't have the show lost already, you have zero data. How do you tackle that question in that scenario for somebody who is maybe going after it, you know, in a similar vein where where it's before the show launches, um, how do you you tackle that question? And were there any like objections you had to overcome? For our show, I stood on who I wanted the show to target. So, and, and the wording that I was using in my description, the wording that I was using in my social posts, the wording that I was using when I was talking about the show elsewhere, who did I want to target? And I was splitting that up into podcast (laughs) listeners, people who are always looking to discover new podcasts and then podcast creators, people who are thinking about making a trailer for their show or who are always thinking about short audio teasers for their show. So I split my audience into two, into two camps, although those camps will often overlap. People who listen to podcasts become podcasters a lot of the time. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it did. It happens to a lot of people. And because of that, I knew who I wanted to target. I know, generally speaking, who is likely to become a podcast creator. That is definitely, um, you know, I I had a conversation. I went to a podcast conference this past week in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas called Arcast. And I found that a lot of the people who came to the events for Arcast were you know, solo entrepreneurs or um, moms who wanted to start a podcast to talk about what it's like being a single mom or whatever the situation may be. I know, generally speaking, because of my deep knowledge of the space, but also just by plugging in, asking questions, who is going to, who is feeling empowered enough to take their story and make it into a podcast or take their idea and start interviewing people about it. Um, So I think I've taken that and I've, I've ran with that kind of idea. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense because um, I've definitely had that before. But I think if you have a tight market already, a tight niche, and you're talking to the audience like you were doing, probably saying like podcasters, this is for you, or podcast, diehard podcast listeners, this is for you, then it's pretty clear who you're targeting, right? I also think it's okay to say I don't know who my... I, I really think it's okay to say I don't currently know who my audience is because they don't exist. I'm not going to lie to you. I have not put it out an episode yet. And also... Who I think my audience is could change totally. because of branding, because of who picks it up, because of who starts talking about it, because maybe I'll interview one person who has a completely untapped market that I did not consider at all. And I think that's OK. I think advertisers who are who understand the nature of advertising on podcasts know that this is a changing space and it's not as tested as advertising on TV or advertising on billboards. We just don't know as much. True. Um, that's a good question that kind of leads me to like analytics. Like, so what kind of analytics or, you know, obviously if someone's paying you to be a sponsor, they want to see clicks, downloads, et cetera. Are you reporting that kind of stuff to sponsors, um, after the, the campaign's over or how does that work for you? I'm not, I don't, I don't, um, do ads based on CPMs. So you're paying me upfront and I am going above and beyond to make sure that I am advocating for your product. I'm I'm doing more. I'm making good without necessarily needing to do a make good. So if I promised you one social post, I'll probably still do seven social posts because 
I genuinely want to show off number one, your product, but number two, that you decided to sponsor me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I want yeah. to give you way more value than than I promised. Um, and I want to make sure that you're happy. And if you're not happy, I'll probably do 15 more make goods. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I, I, I mean, if, if the show is, if somebody ex- explicitly reaches out and says, how did this episode go where we tried this thing? I'll say, yeah, here, here were the downloads. But I don't have any specific uh, plan in place to extract the downloads and create an Excel spreadsheet and send that to you. But if somebody requested that, if that was absolutely necessary, I would. And I would recommend that people be ready to do that and definitely don't hide your numbers because people can tell when something does not convert for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's... Um... I think that's like truly number one is like, do not promise something that you can't deliver because people will find you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks twice as bad. No, absolutely. Um, any, have you done anything with YouTube? I'm curious, is it just audio, these podcasts? If they're trailers, I'm assuming they're just audio podcasts. But what's kind of the future for you and how do you plan on growing your email list? Um, curious there. And then also obviously in, in, in align with that, the sponsorships. For my newsletter, I am, oh, I will never stop doing this newsletter. I, I do not know when I will ever stop. I, I don't think I'll ever stop doing this newsletter. I love it personally because it allows me to discover new podcasts all the time. And I love it because of what it has done for me. It's gotten me every single job that I've ever had in the podcast space. So I've made tons of money from it, you know, by way of just having it be associated with me. I continue to grow it by word of mouth. I go to conferences. I talk about it. I go on podcasts. I talk about it. I also buy ads every once in a while in other newsletters that make sense. I have tried buying ads or at least doing swaps on other podcasts. Those don't tend to convert because it is very hard to convert people from listening to a podcast to subscribing to a newsletter. Uh, It's just a different user behavior. So I'm finding that that's not necessarily the sweet spot right now. That could change. The good news about being in this for the long run is that I'm in it for the long run and I'm not going to give up just because I have like more unsubscribes than subscribes one week. It doesn't deter me because I am doing this for a number of reasons. And yeah. I think like people ask me all the time, like, how do I make money for my podcast? How do I grow my podcast? And I say, we'll we'll work on all those things. But you should also write down three reasons that you are making your show that are not money, that are not downloads and make sure that the, that those reasons are important to you. And those reasons can change. It can be I like playing with technology. I like interviewing. I like getting to talk to people in the space that I wouldn't get to talk to otherwise. But make sure you have those reasons written down, put them on a whiteboard, put them in your journal, keep them in your head, whatever the situation is. Make sure that you know why you're doing this other than money. Yeah, because the money is going to not always come. It is going to be yeah, here and there. Um, or sometimes some people, some shows, it never comes. Um, most people will eventually get there. But I think the patience and then just enjoying the road, like you said, like I realized that the other day, I was just like, I want to get really good at YouTube and building a video podcast. I have to actually enjoy that craft. Yeah. And I have yeah. To don't do it if you don't ready. enjoy it. I yeah, exactly. That's huge is um, so many people are forcing themselves to do things that they don't like. Like you started an audio only podcast because you like audio only. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's man. I mean, I I, I also think there's so much kind of um, grifty, grifty advice out there. That's like in order to grow your show, start a YouTube channel, post consistently on TikTok, be more active on social media, offer a course to go along with your thing. And those are four things that I just named that all need to be marketed in and of themselves. Yeah, exactly. That's so many things to do and and all in service of maybe pointing people towards your podcast. So those are not 
inherently in and of themselves marketing tactics. Um, in this podcast, we didn't. Even, this episode, we didn't even necessarily discuss marketing tactics. We discussed mostly monetization, but for marketing, whole other episode. But if somebody's telling you to do 15 other things to market your podcast, you're going to have to also market those 15 other things. Yeah, it comes down to a time and resources thing. It's like, and 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 gets like what gets the most bang for your buck. I think I had this question earlier where it's like, the first thing before even looking at marketing taxes, let's just make a really good podcast and like let's not ramble for the first twenty five minutes of the episode and give the audience what they want. And then the I think the, that's in my opinion like the starting point because then the algorithms will promote you because they find out that people are actually listening to you. Um, not all of them, but at least the bigger ones, right? They're, they're looking at consumption rate. So, so that's helpful. I'm trying to think of anything else. You recovered everything that I can think of as far as monetization. What would be something we didn't cover that you'd want to share about podcast monetization? I love that you've got, you've got the podcast covering your expenses. So it's a cash flow positive podcast, which is amazing um, for both of those shows. But is there anything else you'd want to cover or share with somebody who is a podcaster, maybe audio only, maybe audio video? that is in a position right now where they're not completely monetized or they're not covering their expenses as far as the yeah, podcast goes. Um, this is something that I learned at Podcast Movement, not necessarily about monetization, but more so about video and YouTube specifically. At Podcast Movement, which just took place in August 2023, Steve McClendon from YouTube was there and he's working on YouTube podcasts. And he mentioned something that I feel like is very important that might be obvious, but it's good to hear reinforced, especially from somebody who is right there. He said that podcasters who are putting their content on YouTube need to treat the people that view their podcast on YouTube and the people that listen to their podcast via an RSS-based app differently. Those are two different audiences. One of them is opting to potentially view your podcast, whether it's a waveform or a static image or video of you talking. And then the other people are choosing to listen to you while they're shopping, while they're walking, while they're doing the dishes whatever the situation may be, those are different audiences and they probably need to be marketed to in a different way. So just something to think about when it comes to putting your show, putting your video show on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, people who are choosing to view your podcast are different from people who choose to listen to your podcast. And monetization will, that has implications for monetization that we could get into another time. But ads are going to be served differently. The way that people consume the ads are going to be it's going to be different. The advertisers are probably going to be different. This will all come to light in the next few months as YouTube podcasting ramps up. But something to think about. Oh, and you asked me before if I'm recording video for season two of Trailer Park, the podcast trailer podcast. Tim and I do not have plans to do so. And it's not because we um, don't want to. It's not because we are too lazy. It's not because of it. It's literally just because like I like audio for the sake of audio. And I, I imagine we're going to record clips. We use Squadcast to record, so it's easy for us to record video and audio. So we can take those and make social media clips and point people back towards the podcast. But I have no desire right now. This is the fall of 2023, and I, I, I am subject to change. I'm a human. Everybody should be yeah, subject totally. to change. But right now, I don't necessarily want my face to be um, on camera every single week when this podcast comes out, and that is A-OK with me. Right. Yeah, there's definitely, there's a lot of audio podcasts that I love. One being um, History Daily. And it's like, I don't, I could care less if they do video. Like, I, I just want to hear the damn audio. Yeah. Um, Gorgeous so, audio. Amazing stuff. Yeah, I love their podcast. Any kind of history podcast, I'm a nerd for. Me too. Just, it can just listen to them all day. Um, all right, cool. So 
Ariel, where can people go? What's the best place? I know there's a lot. There's two podcasts, email list, newsletter. Where do you, where can people go to learn more about you and maybe even see how you're monetizing? I think that would probably be a really cool thing. All of my links are at my personal website, which is arielnissenblatt.com. And it's hard to spell, so I imagine you'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it will be in the show notes. So sw- uh, swipe up if you're on Apple or if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be in the description. So absolutely, we'll have that linked up. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to, to see, was there any other secrets about YouTube podcasting that you learned from Podcast Movement 2023? You, you, you're going to have to pay for the Podcast Movement 2023. I'm just kidding. I don't even work for them. Um, uh, I wrote down a few things, but I can't remember the rest off the top of my head. Feel free to sure. message me, email me, get in touch. Well, thank you for being here. And I will catch you later. And thank you to all who listened this long. And have an awesome rest of your day. Hey, Lewis again. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you took something away that's going to help you on your journey towards launching a top ranking podcast that get 100,000 listeners or more, ideally more. Now, remember the focus of this show is to help business owners launch podcasts that add more profit to their bottom line and more authority and credibility to their name. That's what we're about here on this podcast. Now, if that's you and you want help launching your podcast and getting it to rank in the top 100 of your category or your money back, then maybe my team and I can help you. But hold on. I do not want you to take my word for it. We all know that you can go on YouTube and learn how to launch a podcast. You can hire a million different companies and freelancers and consultants to help you. So I'd rather you hear from other business owners just like you who have gone through our process, gotten the results, and love what they have built. Check it out. Once I hired Lewis, he helped organize the entire show, the pre-launch, the contest. We had an epic contest, which is all Lewis is masterminding and uh, his whole organization of how to do that. We had over 107,000 entries into this contest. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, don't think twice because the investment is worth tenfold, not two or threefold, tenfold, tenfold for what you invest with Lewis. Only a matter of a few weeks, the podcast got launched. They also supported me through the entire launching process, how to communicate with my audience to maximize the results. And when it did launch within a few days, uh, we made it to the top 50 in two different countries. Uh, We get about 25,000 downloads a month and the podcast has literally completely changed my business. My podcast right now has 10X my business and that's not an exaggeration. When I started working with Lewis, I was making about 40K a month. Right now, my business is making $400,000 a month, and I credit a lot of that to the podcast. And then when they listen to one episode of the podcast, they'll listen to another episode of the podcast, and then that cold lead will turn into a warm lead that turns into a hot lead that becomes my customer. Right now, I have 775 active clients, and a lot of those people found us because of the podcast. Luis Diaz is the man. He knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to starting a podcast. He knows exactly what he's talking about in terms of getting your podcast to 100,000 downloads. Because right now, my podcast has over 225,000 downloads, and it's been about a year and seven months. I didn't just want to do a podcast. I wanted to do it the right way. We are at number two in the parenting category of Apple Podcasts the week that we launched. We're now hanging tight in the top 25. Could not have done any of this without your assistance, Lewis. Literally, I keep asking Lewis, like, how can I give you more money? Like, what else can we do together? Because literally working with you has changed my life. It's changed my podcast. It's bigger than that. It's changed my business. 
Luis Diaz, badass podcast growth expert.